0: It's Jess. Welcome back to the Not Carrie Bradshaw podcast where I discuss all things style, wellness, and pop culture. And this episode I've decided there will be no fashion tip because this is going to be a fashion-based episode. So the past couple of weeks have culminated in my three favorite things. Wellness, fashion, slash style, and pop culture. So last week there was a conversation on Twitter that seems to be never ending about Saweetie and the fact that her boyfriend Quavo gave her two Birkin bags for her birthday and this spewed a conversation about the intersections of race and socioeconomic status and privilege and pretty privilege. And there was just a lot. Sweetie got some of y'all girls shook, okay? Um, I just wanna point out as well, first of all, I think Sweetie is a very pretty girl. She has one or two songs or verses that I'm like, oh, okay, this is cute. I cannot say that I'm a huge fan of her music. I think every now and again she gives a really great look, especially for somebody like me who grew up in the 90s. I'm 32. So I do enjoy seeing some of her styles that remind me of what I thought I was going to dress like when I grew up. Like I just knew when I was little. I just knew that when I grew up, I was going to have super long nails like Coco from SWV, which I kind of do. And I just knew that I was going to have like updos every week and always have like fresh sneakers and like the highest acrylic heels because those were super poppin when I was growing up. Like I had dreams, honey. Um, And I do enjoy seeing her wear some of those looks and people are saying that she's like cosplaying like ghetto fabulousness and i'm just like have y'all seen her name i don't think homegirl joking like her real name okay but cool um even on that note just as an aside i said that to say i'm not a a sweetie stan i don't stand anybody but the lord and my mama um but i I'm not saying this like as someone who is like a diehard fan who's just like leave her alone like leave Britney alone like I'm not doing that this is not a hill that I want to die on but it does bring to attention a conversation that needs to be had about the way we define luxury as black people um and just to dial back, I also just want to say I want some of you, especially those of you who are still coming into your consciousness about your identity as a black person, it is entirely possible to be what y'all consider hood or ghetto and also affluent. I grew up with people like that. And I mean, I think the city of Atlanta is riddled with black people like that who, yeah, it the two aren't. Mutually exclusive. I, ju- I really don't like that narrative. And for people to say, like, oh, she's giving privileged, it's giving, it's giving this, it's giving that. Like, I need for y'all to expand your understanding of the different intersections and identities of Black people as you're coming into consciousness about your own. Like, that shit really kills me. But moving along. So, first of all, when we talk about luxury, Um, someone tweeted, I should have screenshotted it. I can't remember who it was, but someone tweeted and said that luxury can be anything. And it really can. Luxury can be anything extra that you do for yourself to make yourself feel good. For me, luxury is taking myself to five-star restaurants for a really nice dinner. I am not about to save up and whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop and miss out on meals to buy a Louis Vuitton bag. Number one, Louis Vuitton is, for me, they, Louis Vuitton has never made a bag that I've drooled over. Not in my adulthood anyway, but for lack of a better example, you know, I may not have $2,500, $3,000 to drop on a leather handbag right now, but I can take myself to a $200, $250 dinner, you know, where I'm getting handcrafted cocktails and farm to table, this and that, whatever, whatever. That's a way that I treat myself. You know, some people get facials every month. Some people, (laughs) some people get facials every other night. (laughs) Anyway, some people get facials every month. Some people invest in really high-end skincare. Um, I get my nails done regularly. Like, Of course, I'm talking about this like in non-quarantine times. You know, that's luxury for me. Another luxury right now that I'm participating in is just that I take an extra $20 every week to buy myself a fresh bouquet of flowers for my room. That's a luxury. It's something that's not a necessity, but that makes you feel good. And that's okay. But when we talk about luxury fashion, when we talk about luxury designer there are some things that you guys need to understand about the way fashion works for one thing i don't like seeing this argument that i would rather have investments over a birkin bag first of all sweetie you don't even need to worry about being faced with that choice because even if you have the money for a birkin you have to be a certain person to access it luxury thrives on exclusivity Moreover, a Birkin bag is an investment. There's a whole market for people who resell luxury items. I work with a girl who, who you know, I mean, she comes from a affluent family. She found a green, I think it was the Jane bag. I can't remember, but whatever. She found a, a green Hermes bag and it was marked down, I want to say, to maybe 3,000, something, something I wasn't about to pay for. And she was like, I really feel like I should get it. I'm never going to have, you know, whatever, whatever. You can almost always resell an Hermes bag straight up. That is an investment. And for people who can actually readily afford that level of luxury, I guarantee you they probably have both a significant investment portfolio, and those bags. Like When you talk about wealth, actually know what wealth means. Those people don't have to choose between the two. So you're actually saying a lot more about yourself and your limited knowledge when you come out and you criticize what someone else has access to. Worry about yourself, because that's not even a choice that you're going to be confronted with. Homegirl. Anyway. So right now, while we're in this position where... We're discussing dismantling all of these oppressive systems. We have to acknowledge that fashion, the fashion industry itself, is an oppressive system, not only in terms of advertising or runways or, you know, creative decisions, down to the sourcing of goods, down to the way that the the clothing is, um, is produced. You know, there's a huge problem of basically slave labor for these things to be, for even sustainable things to be produced. And sustainable is such a buzzword, but like when you look at these sweatshops and these factories where a lot of these, this clothing is being made, that in and of itself is an oppressive system. So there's a lot of dismantling that needs to happen and... When you start to consider where we are as black people right now and the stories that so many black designers and black people who work in fashion media, myself included, the ways that we have expressed how oppressive this system is and the way that it's set up where people of only a certain pedigree are able to really excel in those roles, it's a very oppressive system, you know, that we all participate in because ultimately and we all got to put on clothes unless you're about to move to a nudist colony, which I support you, but don't call me on FaceTime. But we have to understand that even in the boardroom where there may or may not be a, a black you know, person, that person probably still isn't actually empowered enough to make a decision. Um, Lp Pe- uh, L- L- Lindsay Peoples Wagner did uh, a piece for The Cut a few years ago where she gathered like a 100 plus stories of black people who work in fashion who talked about what it's really like. And the fact that even when you are in the room where it happens, shouts out to Hamilton, problematic fave musical, which I hate musicals, but I watched it anyway, Even if you are in the room where it happens, do you have a voice in that room? If you are Black nine times out of ten, no, you don't. So just to dial it back, again, luxury thrives off of exclusivity. And when you look at a Black person who is aching to have things that other Black people or other people in general don't have access to, your politics start to look a little bit funny in the light. I will admit that. I will 100% admit that at a time right now where unemployment is at the highest it's, I think, ever been, um, where people are out of work, people don't know how they're going to survive in this pandemic, you do look crazy spending exorbit- bragging about or publicizing spending exorbitant amounts of money on luxury items, on high-end designer luxury items. 100%, I will give you that. However, there is something to be said about the fact that it's been long rumored that like Coco Chanel did not want black people wearing her stuff because there is a certain amount of cachet associated with, oh, only these kinds of people can wear my clothes. And if if they see black people, you know, back then, if people see black people wearing this stuff, they will think that my stuff isn't exclusive. They will think that my stuff isn't as valuable. So there is something to be said about, you know, if you want to give a fuck you to Coco Chanel, who was also rumored to be a Nazi sympathizer, you know, and you want to like give money to that company and say, screw you, what are you going to do about it now? sure you know why not but i can't afford chanel so i'm not about to criticize the girls who can and again luxury is anything that makes you feel good that is in excess of your necessities right so what you can afford to do extra is going to be different than what someone like a beyonce obviously can afford to do extra and if you're looking at things proportionately that's really nothing to them. And you also have to understand that for a lot of celebrities, they don't have to pay for a lot of the the high-end designer shit that you see. It's all a part of a system of marketing using celebrity, especially when it comes to social media. So even for me, I am a very micro influencer. I do not have a huge audience. I'm appreciative of the audience I have. I love you all. Thank you. But I even get free stuff that I don't need. And I give it away because I'm not about to just like hoard things. I mean, who in New York has a space, honey? But you have to understand that one person's excess is different from another person's excess. So just because it makes you uncomfortable to see just how much another person has in excess of you does not mean that that person is wrong, especially and this is something that I'm still grappling with. A person who works very hard deserves to be able to enjoy the fruits of their labor. I don't think it's fair for us. I'm still grappling with this whole conversation of, you know, um, death to all billionaires and like these conversations that we have about, you know, black billionaires and whether or not they're really for us and stuff like that. That's confusing for me because I feel like black people have been disenfranchised in this country for so, so long that... It makes me happy to see very wealthy black people, especially when they have worked as hard as someone like, sorry, I i can't think of a different example right now, but we have seen Beyonce work super fucking hard most of her life. Most of her life has been devoted to her artistry. Since she was what, like sixteen? I'm sorry, but I'm happy to see her flourishing. I'm happy to see her wealthy. I'm happy to see that it paid off for her because there were a lot of girls who fell by the wayside. I'm not gonna name no names, but there are a lot of girls who started out in the same space as Beyonce who aren't doing as great, you know, and that can be because of a number of factors. But we have seen her work ethic. And I'm not going to say that she does not deserve every single dime that she has. Now, to be fair, I do recognize the under the 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 concept that you can't earn that much money without screwing some people over. Absolutely. You know, uh, like I said, when you look at This kind of brings me to another point, which is when we talk about Black designers making affordable clothing, independent Black designers do not have the capital to have access to be able to take advantage of economies of scale, meaning, who you know Black own factories. Sustainable factories where workers are paid a livable wage that can produce as much as these other companies understand how much time a company like Hermes has had to build brand equity. They have like a 100 plus year start on somebody, you know, on, on these these independent black designers who we're seeing right now really get a lot of shine that they actually deserve. It takes time and it takes money to build that equity. And if we are looking at black entrepreneurs and wanting them to be or to do better than white entrepreneurs, white business owners who have not honored their workforce, and you want them to pay their workers a livable wage, and you want their their fabrics and whatever accoutrement to you know make these designs you want them to be sustainably sourced and not harmful to the environment that shit takes money that a lot of independent black designers don't have which is why you have black designers doing partnerships and collaborations with bigger companies um you know, I guess that's a huge part of why Kanye West is like partnering, you know, that's why Kanye West is not standing alone as Kanye West. That's why he's with an Adidas and doing this collaboration with Gap. And um, what's my, uh, I can see his, his name in my head, but I can't, What Laquan Smith did um, a collection with, what is that store? Top Shop a while ago, because that enables them to be able to take advantage of economies of scale. So when we talk about black designers making affordable clothing, understand that that may be the desire, but they don't have the same resources as some of these other companies. Um, And that's, I think, too, um, a while ago, I wrote a piece for Essence about how you know when we were coming up there was like this boom of quote unquote urban designers i grew up wearing rockaware and rockaware was my f- not not rockaware was not my fave but rockaware um you know Sean John was big for guys it was like iceberg and Jabot, which was actually french and not black owned but it was urban so that's why that word is a little bit funny but I did this piece about how I would like for us as Black people to get to, to get back to a place where we define luxury on our own terms. And I interviewed um, a woman who is a scholar on race and fashion named Kimberly Jenkins. I'll link to her in the um, episode description because she's created a database of resources for people who want to learn about and discuss race and fashion. And I interviewed her. We talked for like two or three hours about What One of the issues is that we still define luxury by European standards. And a part of that is because if you think back to forever ago, you know, like a 100 plus years ago, whatever, only very wealthy people could afford to have clothes made by someone else. A lot of people made their own clothes. And if you were wealthy enough to have someone make you one of a kind, which is what couture is, one-of-a-kind pieces, then that was the exclusivity and the luxury that we're talking about. That's why couture, Parisian fashion, Parisian couture fashion, because there's still Parisian ready to wear, two different things. To be considered couture, there is a governing body of the the couture federation that I cannot pronounce because I have a southern tongue. But you have to see X amount of private clients. You have to create X amount of items per season. And it's a, you know, the one of a kind aspect of it is the exclusivity that makes that the top tier of fashion design, right? So that's where Couture Couture was born in Paris. And we still look to Paris as the the top tier of luxury. Um, You know, some people, depending on, like, you know, what your taste is, some people still look to Milan, some people still look to London, some people look to, you know, other places, but we still define luxury by European standards because we still don't have the confidence or the equity built into black design houses yet. Again, that takes time. I do think that we as a culture could do a better job of prioritizing our own over some of these um, heritage luxury houses. It would be really nice to see, you know, more black actresses on the red carpet wearing Sergio Hudson as opposed to, you know, the latest Versace Atelier. Sure. But I also don't think that it's I'm still grappling with whether or not it's fair to criticize or to say, like, who is for us and who isn't based solely on those things. I think Balmain is a really easy way for um, black celebrities to say that they still support a black designer. Because Olivier Roustong, even though he's a little bit ambivalent about his identity as a black man, you know, sure. Um, Which is why it was a a huge thing for Beyonce to have had all of her... um, Beachella outfits made by him you know he's a black man whether he wants to be or not another conversation for another day um so all of this to say is it is it possible to be for the liberation of black people while also participating in high-end designer luxury fashion i want to say yes But everyone won't take you seriously. I think that's kind of the middle ground. I think that we could do better as a community um, to build up our own definitions of what's good enough. But I'm also not going to criticize people who are in a tax bracket that I don't even know about. I, I don't know anything about, you know, and I think people people think that because I'm like a fashion nerd or because I write about fashion that I must also be super into designer. I am not. <laughs> I'm much more I think a style enthusiast than fashion because fashion it you know, it's it's fraught with so many things. I think about changing that part of my brand all the time to to being more of like more reflective of my interest in style because I think there's much more flexibility. I think people connect fashion and designer way too much. And I think you guys give a lot of people a lot of credit for being very fashionable when really they're just dressed in designer. And that's really it. (laughs) But again, I can't afford that shit. If that's what makes you feel good, if that's what if that's how you want to treat yourself, Who am I to tell you different? You know, like I have a friend who she spends way more money on like home things than I do. But I spend like way more money on clothes than she does. Everyone has their thing that makes them feel good. And people who have access to more money and more luxury, I don't know if it's fair for us to... Criticize the way that they make themselves feel good and I also want to point out I don't really see this criticism as much of like men who Collect watches or who collect cars, you know white men have a lot of very like and I I also do not think that white men are the measure of what is good and right But just I just want to point out we I I don't really see as much criticism for other people who indulge in luxury as as I do um, when we have these conversations about black people, I think that we hold each other to a very different standard. Um, I think the language is, is much more different. And I guess that's because there are more black people who are more disenfranchised. So it does look a little bit more of a stark difference. There's a lot to consider here. And I just wanted to, you know, just point some things out and to you guys and just give you guys a little bit more to think about. In terms of like when we talk about fashion or when we talk about style and the way that we um, criticize other people's performance of luxury, um, because there are some people who have far less than I do who could look at me and say, like, it's fucked up of me to spend one hundred fifty dollars on a dinner by myself and to which I say girl you want me to buy you dinner too because I could if that would make you feel better like what you know it's um, just take a step back and I think observe yourself while you're observing others and ask yourself why that's your observation I guess is my point because a lot of us are revealing a lot more of our insecurities than I think we realize um, when we make these kinds of statements so To wrap everything up, um, designer does not equal fashion, does not equal good. Some people can afford things that other people can't, and that does not make them a bad person. Um, I think we're all in the system of capitalism, whether we want to or not. And like, if you work a job, you are a part of capitalism. Um, and if you don't, if you make a choice not to work a job, I have questions for you. Um... I do wish that there was a more equitable distribution of wealth, but I also don't know what that looks like when you see people who work hard earning their money and also giving it away. I wish that we taxed the very wealthy at a higher level so that that would be a way to to more equitably distribute wealth, but I'm also kind of starting to get into... a uh, bit of politics that I'm not well versed on. I don't know if y'all know this about me, but I really do not like to talk about things I'm not well versed on. So I'm gonna stop there. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I think I nerded out a little bit, but I hope this helps. (laughs) Um, I'm going to try to get some interviews from some people in the fashion industry. Um, who can speak to this a little bit more and like how we can better serve our community in how we make our fashion choices. So um, send me good vibes on that. I'm just going to shoot my shot at some people and see who who will be willing to talk to us. So thank you guys for tuning in again. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, review, become a patron. I've started a Patreon. Patreon is a way for you to support creatives whose work you enjoy. And I do the these things for free because I enjoy them but it would be really nice to get paid for it too so there's a link to that in the description and I will talk to you guys soon bye